your girl cherry wine and i'm back and today i'm rolling with the good sense the author i mean she wear many hats so i'm gonna let her tell you about them okay miss brooke dean what's going on pumpkin <laughs> nothing much nothing much thank you for having me thank you, you for know, having anytime, me anytime anytime you know i was excited i done started reading your book so before we even get into all of that, I want you to tell the good people a little about yourself, where you're from, what you do, and you do a lot of things. So run mm-hmm. it down for them. Okay. Well, my name is Brooke Dean. I live in Queens, but I'm a Philadelphia native. Um, I've been living in New York for about 19 years now. So they're trying to get me to rent- denounce my state. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but um, I live in Queens with my son, Jackson, who's eight years old. And I am an operations manager at Audible. Um, prior to that, I had a career in television. And so I've worked at A&E, WB, like all over the place. So my uh, career spans across the media. I've worked in radio. I've dabbled in a little bit of stuff. And I'm a writer in my personal life, my passion projects. And now I'm an author. Yes. <laughs> my son is an author, too. He actually wrote a series of books called The Game, but... We're not going to talk about that because the genre is totally different <laughs> from my book. Um, just released a book called Brooklyn Unbound in June, and it's doing well. And it's an erotica novel. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> yes, we sure are. We're going to get all up into that because let me tell you something. I've been in it since you gave it to me, and I'm a bookworm. I pride myself on reading a lot, and um. I used to be really, really big on reading. Like I would, I'm a, I'm a part of Goodreads. You know about Goodreads? Mm-hmm, so absolutely. I would um, challenge myself to read a hundred books a year. Mm. But since I started podcasting, I've been like, you know, here and there. But this mm. one right here, <laughs> um, I'm in it. Okay, okay. I'm in it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all up in it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I'm here for a good urban fiction, but this one right here is a little realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> tell me, what was your thought process behind this book? Well, uh, well, I guess it started years ago. Like, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with Zane, but I was a big fan of her books. Um, She actually read my book, edited it. Um, She and her daughter Elizabeth edited the book and Zane wrote the review that's on the back of my book. So that's like, it's like a full circle moment for me right now, but I've been a fan of hers for many years. And so I always had an interest in writing in the erotica space, but never really had a story to tell (laughs) until recently. And part of the book is, it's semi-autobiographical. It's it's fiction, first and foremost. Let me just get that out there right now. Because I don't want people to think I'm an, an expert in BDSM and all, this, all of the things. But 
I always wanted to challenge myself as like a creative writing exercise to, to dabble in this thing. So I've written poetry here and there that got a little spicy and stuff, but never really an entire novel. And then I met somebody who kind of opened up that world a little bit for me. And so he is who inspired me to write this story about Brooklyn and about Jay and just let my imagination go wild from there. So I guess you could say uh, someone <laughs> opened up this world to me and I'm still learning about it. So again, like I said, I'm not an expert by any means, but you know, he makes me feel safe and free to explore that area. And then once that, once he opened up those doors, it kind of just got my creative juices flowing, other juices flowing, all kinds of things flowing. And now <laughs> the book is- I mean, you just need that one trigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all come pouring out because child, let me tell you something. I was reading this book. I said, I know she's not writing about herself because that's how realistic it is. And I'm glad you mentioned Zane because that's what the book put me in the mind frame of something that she would have written. Mm -hmm. And I had the pleasure of recording with her daughter last year, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And um, she's doing a lot of good things. And I feel like you should be able to bring your book to life with her platform, where she's bringing all these books to life. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I know we talked about come. that. We, we definitely talked about that. Um, we have some ideas in the works and things like that. Um, but you know, it was just a, a chance meeting with her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, oh, you know, send me your book. And then uh, we collaborated on the editing of it. And then she was like, I love it so much. I, I'm, you know, can I give it to my mom? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, of course you can. So then she gave it to her mother. Her mother did her pass at it. And working with them has been amazing. And she was like, oh, you know, my mom loved your book. I was like, does she love it enough to write a review? Because <laughs> I was like, let me shoot my shot now. And she didn't <laughs> do it in the middle of promoting her movie, um, I Wish I Never Met You. And so I know they're busy doing a lot of things. And so I'm just grateful that they even had, you know, took the time to read it. And so for her to not only read it, but love it and then write the review. Like I said, I'm, it's a very humbling experience, especially as my first book. So um, the, the you know, the reviews have been positive. Everybody seems to like it, love it. Um, they're waiting for the next one, <laughs> which I'm currently writing right now. I was about um, to say, where's part two? <laughs> you gotta start working on it because they're gonna be asking. Oh, I'm already, listen, look, I, I know your, your listeners can't see, but this is chapters four through six. See? So you I know hope what? to be done by September. Hopefully, I'm giving myself this September. I'm going to keep encouraging you, too. Are you going to get emails, DMs? Brooke, where, where we at? We're part two. What's going on? Oh, yeah. I kind of wasn't sure how to end Brooklyn Unbound because, I, you know, I didn't feel like Brooklyn only had one story in her. But, you know, it's a little bit of an emotional cliffhanger that's left. I'm not. I'm trying not to give anything away because I want people to go out and buy it and read mm -hmm. it, of course. Um, but yeah, book two is already in the world. And the people who have read it are like um, patiently waiting for book yeah. two, but not too long. That's <laughs> why I'm trying not to give it all away on here because I want the listeners to go out and, you know, I got a lot of people that read that listen to me. So y'all go out and get this book because I'm trying to tell y'all, maybe we could talk about it on a live or something. I mean, maybe you could join the live one, you know, a couple people read it or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm needing part two I'm in the middle of the book and I'm like alright it gotta be a part two I'm scared <laughs> to finish and see the type of books like 
I will read a book that's just a standalone. I will. If I knew up front that it was the standalone. But if it's a series, I'm all in. I'm really, really all in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I wrote a book and I should have had a part two to it and life got in the way and I didn't have a part mm-hmm. two to it. So, and so are I mean, people looking for it? Are they still asking for it? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you got to make it happen. You're going to stay in my DMs and now I'm going to stay in yours. Like I, have I mean, because like, I don't encourage. feel like it's enough hours in a day for me. It's not. It's, not, it's hard. I'm, I'm a single mom. And even though my son's father is very active and supportive and all that thing, all the things like I have him full time and then he goes with his father on the weekend. Like this summer he's spending it with his dad. So that's giving me time to write. So I'm actually further along in the writing process because of that, because my son is not here. Um, so I'm trying to get as much written as possible before he comes back uh, in the fall. So that's why I'm saying I'm giving myself till September to finish it because once, you know, like you said, life gets in the way, life starts and I, you know, do have a full-time job. Um, luckily for me, working at Audible, even though I don't touch books at Audible, because I do podcasts and, and audio shows and things like that. So this is kind of like, it's still in the same realm, but still different because I don't touch books. I still had to learn a lot. So now that I've published his books, um, now that I've published my book, I kind of know the rhythm now. And part of my job is to make sure other people stay on track. So now I'm just project managing myself at this point. Like now I know how to, where to get the cover art. Now I know how to, hopefully I can get Elizabeth and Zane to edit the second book. So that'll that'll be something checked off. And now that I know how to do it, hopefully the second one will be smooth. Because the first one was actually smooth. And I don't, and I think I attribute that to the overlap between being a creative in my personal life and being um, a media executive in my professional life. And they're just kind of married together. So I was lucky in that regard, but you know, now the story, I got to up the stakes a little bit. Right. <laughs> this one started off from the beginning, like took off sexy and I got to keep it sexy. So if, if you thought this one was sexy, the first chapter of the next book is really going to be like, whoa. So is it easy for you to tap into your sexy or you got to like prep yourself for it? I, I kind of have to prep myself for it only because a lot of the stuff I had to really research because again, like he and I, we do our thing, but we're not, I mean, Brooklyn is on a different level with it. And so I feel like I need to catch up to her now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she does things as well that I've never done and that, that I've never tried, but that I want to. Um, but the, the, the real theme of it is not just a sexual, it's not just a sexual book. It's about just whatever it is in your life that you want to free yourself from, the judgment, the fear of the judgment, um, getting out of your own way, getting unbound means not being imprisoned by other people's opinions of you and all that stuff. Because, you know, she goes to church and she doesn't know if her thoughts are impure in church. And, you know, should she just want the husband and the kids and the white picket fence? Or does she want to go down this BDSM world where those things are considered taboo or like she's a heathen? And this is to like let people know, like you can be a professional, you can be a mom, you can be, you can believe in God, you can all those things. And one doesn't take away from the other. Right. So that's really what it's about. I mean, a lot of, of course, it's a spicy book, but a lot of times people get caught up in the sex part of it instead of like the message behind it. And I think it's a little bit empowering. Like I'm trying to be more like her. So the book is aspirational on my part. (laughs) And you can do it all 
live your life to the fullest and still pay tithes on Sunday. I mean, it's nothing in the Bible that says that not to have sex. Like, how do you think we're here? We're procreating. It's all part of it. So, I mean, exactly <laughs> it is right. what it is. Exactly so, right. Tell me about your producing experience. You said A and E, and you listed a whole not- a whole bunch of other um, networks. Mm-hmm. How was that experience for you being in the media, hands on? Because I think that's one of my goals is to be like in the media. I don't want to be out in the, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen. I want to do the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I feel the same way because actually um, I went to Syracuse University. I majored in broadcast journalism because I wanted to be a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. But then once I started learning more about being in front of the camera, behind the camera, I, I felt like I was more comfortable behind the scenes. And I I was always a writer. Like, I think I wrote my first poetry book when I was like in kindergarten or something like that. So writing was always in the background, but I love television. I love film. I love radio. Like, I love all forms of media. So what I think has lent to writing this book too is I don't just look at my book as just the book like I wrote the chapters like episodes because I do envision this being a series like right now I'm writing it almost like it's seasons so that's why I'm writing this the, I have this right now as three books but like you said if it becomes a series then it can move on to something else and so right. hopefully um, I can marry the book with my television experience and pitch it as either a TV series, a movie, or something like that. So those are things that I'm working on in the background. I write the chapters, like episodes, and I still see things visually. Like, even though I work at Audible, it's very hard for me to listen to books. Like, I do listen to podcasts. I listen to yours, obviously. And I listen, oh, if I listen, I listen to memoirs because I like to hear people tell their story in their own voice. Like if it's a book Zane, I want to read it myself. I, I am a, an immersive reader. I like to turn pages and picture the people and the, all the visuals in my head. So sometimes it's hard for me to get out of that because I was in television for so long that I see everything visually first and then I write it down. So working in television has definitely helped that. It's still something I work through um, in my day-to-day at Audible. I've been there five years. But even with that, I work on scripted content. So all it is is a television show without the visual on it. So I'm lucky yeah. that I still get that, that part of the workflow, but I missed it. Like I would be lying if I said I didn't miss seeing <laughs> the things on screen. And there's an, there's an opportunity to bring my book to life. And so, you know, like you said, working with um, Elizabeth, I know she creates these wonderful trailers and things like that. So once I visualize or get it in the works of my book becoming a TV show or a movie, then we'll probably work together to get the longer trailers out there. Because right now I want the listeners to picture who they want. I, you know, cause I have descriptors of what Brooklyn and Jay look like, but I want people to still picture them in their head first and give the, the book time to breathe a little bit right. before I start putting a person attached to a, a person's face attached to the character. So TV has me working towards that goal of hopefully, you know, making my books become movies. And I know- Are you going to get there? Yeah, I, I listen. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. See, that's how I, I read. I read books. I put myself, I like to read. I don't like to listen because while I'm reading, I like to put myself in the place, the time, the scene, all of that. So mm-hmm. that's why I prefer a book. I prefer the words. I don't like to listen because that takes away, you know, like 
I think Zane is it was it Zane? I think Zane had a um scripted podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's it's called Purple Panties. I think so, yeah. Yes. I, and I loved it. But I think she only had one season of it. And I think because of COVID hit or whatever, it was it was mm-hmm. right at 2018, 2019. So maybe COVID hit or whatever. But I like purple panties because listening to it, I was still able to put myself in the places, the scenes, and everything like that. I like to see what the people are writing about you know my brain is different everybody say oh your brain is different I mean it works different I mean but I see you are the same way so mm-hmm, we got mm-hmm. that in common we also have um focused in on love sex relationships and real life in common as well so mm-hmm. what motivates you to keep producing content in those areas um because I think those are the areas where there's the most engagement like most people are looking for love or trying to you know fall out of love fall in love work through the love that they have I mean because even when I was uh, freelance writing I used to write for madamenoir.com and everything that they assigned to me was about love sex relationships there was some lifestyle stuff here and there some pop culture stuff but it was mainly um just slides on like 10 ways to tell he's cheating or you know five ways to you know, get yourself out there and date or five or 10 dating apps to try. Cause it just seems like that's what people are looking for. You know, um, even in the mommy group that I belong to on Facebook, like, yeah, they talk about their kids and they talk about, you know, which is the best car seat to buy, but it inevitably always comes back to husbands, relationships, spouses, partners, how to co-parent, Um, things like that so it's not just relationships as far as sex but it's relationships as far as like co-parenting coexisting how to keep your love alive intimacy um breakups and how to recover from those things so that just seems to get the most engagement um again I'm nobody's expert my credentials are not like I'm not this professional sex uh, counselor or anything like that but just somebody who brings their own experiences to her writing and then I open myself up to other people and learn from them as well so it's just something that resonates with me and hopefully you know I ask the questions or um, bring some awareness to something because I'm still learning too and we can all learn from each other why did you get into this space I know this is your podcast I shouldn't be asking you questions oh listen I'm always open for questions everybody know it you can flip the script for me so um I got That's the producer in me, by the way. Huh? <laughs> That's the producer in me. <laughs> I got into podcasting, I want to say, in 2018. Um, the first podcast that I ever listened to was um, Cocktails and Horrible Decisions. Oh, I and, love them. They are the best. <laughs> yes. And they're right up my alley because who doesn't love sex? Sex sells, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, I could do this. But at the same time, I don't want to just talk about sex because I'm married. Mm -hmm. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. At the time, Mm -hmm. I was about to be a grandmother. Now I'm full on grandma mode. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we have to add relationships, all kinds of relationships, friendships, dating, um, family relationships, and, you know, real life shit because life can get a little bit hectic 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to breathe. Sometimes you feel like you're drowning. So I wanted to create a safe space for, it was originally for women only. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create a safe space for the women, you know, to just unwind, come in, tap in, forget about everything, at least for one hour. And we just, you know, vent, be there for each other, period. Then somewhere along the lines, the guys started coming in, chiming in. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we doing this? Uh-huh. Okay, so we can do this. Mm-hmm. So if you see on any of my posts, you know, the guys always chime in and they got to put their two cents in and we welcome it. Yeah. If we disagree, we disagree. If we agree, right. we agree. But at the end of the day, everyone has their own opinions. We're not going to say you're wrong, I'm wrong. That's your beliefs. My beliefs. No, that's so right. That's how it should be. Day. That's how it should be. And I like, I love that. It's it, and, and like you said, you, you think you're creating something for one space and it becomes something else. So it's like, I have a podcast with a, a colleague of mine called Single Moms Doing the Most. And it's really supposed to be about single moms who do amazing things because people hear single mom and think struggle. Right. And, there, and there's nothing like it. I, I'm not struggling. You know, I'm not married, but my son's father is very active in his life. We co-parent amazingly. We're friends. Um, so yeah, I, I can talk about the experience of a divorce, but I can also talk about getting on the other side of it. I can talk about dating again and falling in love again, which is the space that I'm in now. You know, I'm dating an amazing person who helped me to unearth this side of me and write this book. Um, but we talk about a lot of things that don't have anything to do with just being a single mom. It right. encompasses right. everything and, and being a professional woman, being successful at it. And people say, oh, you make it look so easy. And I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be so hard. Like you don't have to attach the stigma to being a single mom. So I totally know what you mean. And then there's guys who are like, I listen to your podcast and I want to come on because I want to talk about being a single dad or dating a single mom, you know, or how hard it is for a single dad to date and things like that, because we don't think about that. We think about them going off, living their life, doing their thing and that we're home, you know, wallowing in just being a mom or just being whatever and not having a life and we let people know you can do all of those things you could be still be an amazing mother you can be an amazing co-parent you can be an amazing executive at work you can write a book you can have a podcast you can be a great grandmother if you want to you can be a, a great wife and all these things so we don't even we don't even limit the podcast to just single moms right because there are a lot right. of married women out there who feel like they're single moms because they have a partner who's right in the house with them who doesn't really help or contribute. So I totally understand what you mean. Like it opens up a lot of discussion, but that's what, what we're here for. And that's what we want the podcast right. to do. That's what we want the book to do. So I appreciate you giving me a chance to speak about it on your podcast. Listen, that's what we're here for. And we get to talk about the things that people are afraid to talk about. Right. And right. we make it comfortable for them to talk about it because now that they're hearing us talk about it, now someone just heard you say, oh, you know, it's hard to be a single dad as well. We don't acknowledge that enough because we're so focused on the female all the time that we never care about the men that's having issues with being single dads or um, their mental health and things like mm-hmm. that. So we have to make it okay to talk about it so that they can feel okay to talk about it. Exactly right. So, and and then a lot of different things, not just parenting, but like now that I've written a book about erotica, people are like, oh, I didn't know that I could talk about this because I didn't want people to look at me funny. And 
you know, and I put out like one time I just put through out there and in, in, in a mommy group, like I said, most people think mommy group, you think little kids in formula and car seats and preschool. And I was just like, I have a confession. Like I'm a streamer, man. Listen, 300 comments later, <laughs> these women were like, I like to have my hair yanked and I like to have, and they're still talking about this in the realm of their marriages. It's not like they have a different guy every night spanking them and swinging from chandeliers and doing all that stuff. Like you can still have this amazing sexual experience within your marriage. It's not like, you know, people think you're out here being promiscuous. It doesn't mean that you're a whore, a slut, a this, a that. It just means this is the, the type of sex that you like. This is the thing that you're into and you can feel safe. Like I felt safe to write the book because I was with somebody that I felt safe to try the thing with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am in love with one person right now. I'm not out here, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things with different people. It's, it's him. And he was like, if you want to try it, we can. If not, that's cool too. Like he doesn't push, you know, people think we're out here doing, you know, going to sex dungeons every day. I've never even been to one, but people <laughs> <laughs> think I have, like we're sitting in here watching Breaking Bad and <laughs> eating popcorn. And see, when it, I feel like when it comes to sex, it's different preferences for people. Mm-hmm. And something that you enjoy, you may think, you know, oh, I can't share this with my friend and this is that mm-hmm. and the third not knowing that, you know, they probably appreciate it. You know, they if they mm-hmm. even thought about it, right. the fact that you're saying I did this and it was like this, it was magical. It was all of that, the chips, the dip, all that. <laughs> now that thought is going to turn into, well, maybe I should try it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So you never know, like listening to horrible decisions, you never would have known that Mandy like male on man. What is it? M- MMF um, porn. And it's like, what? Mandy? Mm-hmm. Like, so you get to listen to everybody. There's a lot of people a part of different walks of life. And you mm-hmm. never know. You could be talking to the mailman and he probably got a dungeon at his house. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You just don't, you don't know. know. And I, I appreciate and respect Candy. Burris for being so out in the open and living and being in her truth on a daily basis so much that she was able to make money off of it because people don't appreciate the fact that you appreciate and is okay with your sexual preferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some people think, oh, you know, that's supposed to be what you do in your bedroom is your business. Absolutely. I'm not giving you details. I'm telling you what I tried. I'm exactly. telling you what you should try. I didn't tell you how my husband had me. I didn't tell you, you know, <laughs> I'm not going into details. I'm just right, saying right. that, you know, this is what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. You should try it. Yeah. Period. And then there's things that people recommend to me. Because again, like I had, it, it's funny because people started saying, I'm, I'm into praise pink. I'm into this and that. And I'm like, what is that? And I had to Google it. Like, let me see. And I, some of the stuff I was like, oh, I like that too. I just didn't know I had a name for it. You know what I mean? Because like praise pink just means you like to be told you're beautiful or you're so amazing. Like while it's happening. And I like that, but I never knew that there was an actual name for it. So writing the book, I had to research a lot of stuff too, because it was stuff that I didn't know. And I think that's why it seems so realistic. Because again, same thing. Like my friends are like, do I want to know this about you? Do I want to read this book? And I'm like, who said it was about me? I'm just, it's a character. But because my name is Brooke and her name is Brooklyn and the guy I'm seeing, his name begins with a, a J. 
and his name is Jay in the book, they just are naturally putting it together. And while he is the inspiration behind it, we are certainly very different from the characters in the book. And so in some regards, I'm like, you guys have to, you know, divorce yourself from the fact that this is us. But at the same time- Oh, I, I have automatically put you, you I know, and everybody <laughs> is, and that's fine. And I'm not even mad about that. I'm not even mad about that. It's like, cause even my mom, like my dad was like, listen, I'm gonna buy the book. I'm just not gonna read it. Like, I'm gonna just be real with you. I'm not gonna read the book. My mom was like, do I wanna read the book? Because it's about y'all. And I'm like, it is, but it isn't. Because again, there, everything she does in the book, I would say 80% of it, I have not done. I had to research it. And it's not to say that I won't. It's not to say that we won't explore that, but I wanted to put it, make it be this larger in life thing because I know there is a whole world out there that people are a part of everyday life that you would never think. Like all my friends used to call me like church mouse because they would like, Brooke is so, she don't do that or whatever. Cause I don't portray that outwardly, but behind closed doors, <laughs> It's them quiet oh, ones. It's always yeah. the quiet one. It's <laughs> always the timid one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like, it's okay. Pulling out whips and chains. That way. Yeah, exactly. It's okay to picture me that way. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not hiding from that. But at the same time, I am far from the face of it. There are, there's so much. I was just like the tip of the iceberg of what there is out there. I just want people to know, like, it's okay. You don't have to be upset. And that all they needed was permission from one person to say, like, I'm into this thing. Oh, me too. And now they have a space. Like I found a tribe of people who were just like, I'm just like you. I go to work every day. I'm a mom. I go shopping at Trader Joe's and stuff. And then when I come home, I like to be tied up. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't change who you are in any other aspect of your life. So, right. And see, I had started doing hump days and freaky mm-hmm. Friday. And on those mm-hmm. days, you know, it's strictly sex related. So right. like, I want to say about a year or two, I did a freaky Friday and I posted about the gooch. <laughs> and surprisingly, nobody really knew about the gooch. They just knew mm-hmm. about the area in between, you know, mm-hmm. The two areas that you shouldn't go near. <laughs> and that day, a lot of people learned and acted on it. Because my friend was like, oh, I will never. This is that and the third. Please, the child know the gooch better than, than she knew what the fucking day she seen the post. See? See? It's, and it's so like funny. I said, you can't. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. I'm afraid of putting stuff out there because I don't know how people is going to receive it. Right. And I'm really big on standing in my way. And mm-hmm. I got a phone full of posts that I didn't even post yet because I'm like, nah, they're not going to like that. But I'm learning to get out of it. Just do it. They either going to like it or they're not. Right. Right. You can learn from it. it. Mm-hmm. Well, you stay in it and soak. So. Right. I'm about to just say bump it and just be posting my post. Nine times out of 10, I'd be scared to get flagged because somebody's always reporting me. Mm-mm. And I don't want to be reporting and I can't go live. 
But that's crazy because it's like, report you for what? Because if it's not your thing, like I'm a big proponent of, if it's not my thing, just keep scrolling. Like I don't that's have it. to stop on your, your site or your page or your podcast. I don't have to like it. I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to do any of that stuff. Right. So, and there's so many things that people put out there that I'm like, oh, okay. And in my mind, I might be like, I'm not into that. But if you like it, I love it. Like, I don't care. Like what you do does not affect me. As long as you're not hurting anybody, deceiving anybody, causing harm in a way that people don't want done to them do whatever you want to do like that's it because what is it like it doesn't yeah exactly and i it's funny because i had a blog that i wrote in for three years and i had a a freak but it was like a tgi freaky friday question so i always pose questions to see what people would into like oh would you rather sleep with a co-worker would you rather sleep with your best friend or would you rather sleep with like your ex or something like that just to see what people would choose because a lot of times you learn to go deeper behind the question because they can give you an answer and just leave it. Or if they say, I'd rather sleep with my best friend than my pastor, why? You know what I mean? Or I'd rather sleep with my ex or whatever because then I go deeper into like, well, why would you want to do that? Or like the one I just did last week was like, you want sex once a day, once a week, or once a month. And so for all the moms that said once a month, because I can't fathom that, they were like, I just don't feel like it. Or I'm suffering from postpartum or you know, my uh, my husband thinks if I try this, that I'm a whore or I'm, I'm afraid to ask my husband to try this thing. So if there's always like a, a lesson in human nature behind the question. Like people just see the question and see sex and, and don't think anything about it. But I always try to say like, why would you only want to have sex once a month? Because to me, that's not a lot. And you have a whole husband at home. So what is the problem? And then they, I, I'm learning like, oh, I'm still stuck in the effects of postpartum depression. And I didn't realize it. Or I had a C-section and I gained 50 pounds and I don't feel sexy anymore. So like, those are the things that I like to ask questions that dive deeper in. People see that and think sex and that's it. But there's greater conversations to be had behind them. So I think people need to, to not be just, hammered down by the thought of oh she's talking about sex again no I'm talking about relationships again I'm talking about connecting again I'm talking about postpartum now I'm talking like now I want to know like what are you going to do to help yourself we don't I don't even care how I don't care if you ever want to have sex at all I want to make sure you're (laughs) mentally healthy you know what I'm saying like I want to make sure you're mentally together because that's right you know as somebody who has had a child who has had the baby blues afterwards who has had a c-section and gained weight as someone who has lost 140 pounds, I know what that's like, you know what I mean? So I can delve deeper and relate to people because like, I know what it's like to not feel sexy, but I also know what it's like to finally get myself in shape and then find somebody who appreciates me just the way I am, you know? So it's not just about sex. The book isn't just about sex. It's about finding that person to help you bring the sexiness out of you. And I was able to find that and that's what the character does. And now she's stuck between this like, do I choose him or do I choose this world that's empowered me and made me feel confident again? Because now she's at a standstill. That's why the second book I gotta like bring it. But you know it's See, about I even know that I didn't even get to the part to, to okay, know well, she had I'm a standstill. No I'm not gonna tell you no more. But again, <laughs> like it, it, you can see that's the road she's going down. Like she's it has this inner conflict all the time that I think we always have. And it doesn't even relate to just sex. Like sometimes we're at a crossroads professionally in our relationships. We don't know if we should continue or, or, or leave it alone or whatever. And so she has an inner conflict just like, like most of us do. Mm-hmm. And it's like seeing her navigate it 
can either make you stronger or make you weak because you're too busy worrying about what other people think of you. And we don't want to do that anymore. And there's a message in it outside of her sexual preferences and everything like that. There's definitely a message in it. So yeah, I don't miss out on the message because sometimes you can, as a woman, I'm sorry guys, but I don't know if y'all can relate, but as a woman, sometimes we tend to lose ourselves. Yep. We can be going on our regular daily basis as normal mm-hmm. and be feeling something totally freaking different okay so you got to be careful how you approach people how you deal with people because they can be smiling but Mm -hmm. inside they may not be happy like my husband tell me oh you look good all the time but I don't feel that so I can't receive that you know what I'm saying like he don't have an issue with my weight gain and it's that Mm -hmm. and third but I do so you can say call me sexy and beautiful and all that until you blew in the face but if I don't feel it I'm not going to receive it if you don't understand that so sometimes guys y'all got to understand that it's not y'all it's really Mm -hmm. not y'all sometimes it's the Mm -hmm. the individual yeah and the only person that could change that is me right exactly right it's hard it's in in it's, it is hard when you find somebody, like if you went from somebody who was judging you and making comments about your weight and doing all the things, you become so insecure about it. The guy I'm seeing now, like we were just having a regular conversation and then he brought something to my attention where he was like, every time we have sex, you cover your stomach or you try to angle yourself in a way where like I'm hiding, you know what I mean? And even though I had lost weight and done all the things like I still had the effects of when I was heavier and and he noticed it. Yeah, he noticed it. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then he was just like, babe, you gotta let that go. Like, I love you just the way you are. And I'm just like, yeah. And so you think people are just saying it, but you know. This episode is brought to you by Timeless Teas and Things where you can get your custom-made, personalized t-shirts, glasses, mugs, and more. Get with Timeless Season Things. You won't regret it. So last November, I had a surgery. And, you know, he was like, I'll take you to your surgery. I'll wait. I'll bring you. Like, he did all the things, brought me home. And I had drains coming out of my body. I had a um, diastasis from my C-section, and it was causing, like, hernia. So I had a muscle repair. So... You know, I'm, that is probably like the, even though I had a C-section before, that was probably like the least sexy I felt because I never had drains and stuff hanging from my body that had to be like pouches that had to be drained of blood and all this stuff. And he was there, like he saw the the good, the bad, the ugly, like (laughs) from the pre-surgery prep to everything. And I was just like, oh babe, like this is so not sexy (laughs) because I'm used to him seeing me a certain way or whatever. And how I knew, because I think up until that point, he hadn't, like, we started dating at the end of March, but now, you know, we continue throughout the summer. Now we're in November. And even though I had felt love, I don't know if he actually said it at that point yet. So my girlfriend was there. Like, I had people to help me and I had to go to the bathroom. It was the very day that I came home. So I'm still loopy from anesthesia, all this stuff. And she was like, Jay, take take her. She got to use the bathroom. And I was like, no, like, he can't see me like this. Like, no way. But sure enough, he found, he helped, he helped 
get me up, walk me very slowly to the bathroom, watch me do. And at this point, I was like, you know what? He's just gonna have to see what he's gonna see because I'm I'm not even in a space to protest this. Like you don't even care at this point. I don't even care at this point. And I was at my most vulnerable state. And like, so when I finished. I'm waiting for him to leave so I could try and get myself together to like wipe myself and do all the things, clean myself up. And he had already had like toilet paper in his hand, like ready. And I was like, you can't, no. And he was like, babe, we, we here, like whatever. And after that, I was like, he just might love me. <laughs> he just yeah, I was about to say, if he didn't say it, he showed you. He showed me. And then, and then he said it like right after, you know, like I, and, and that, but like, I'm, I'm an acts of service person for love language and things like that. Like. I'm more of a person who show me you love me more than so then tell me because you can tell me all day but if your actions don't line up it doesn't mean anything to me and in that moment like he showed me but I was like he's never going to recover from seeing me like this like what if he doesn't want to touch me anymore whatever he was like hey like this you're you had surgery like this isn't you every day this is what he was like I can see past all that and I love you the way you are and so I don't care if you have a scar I don't care if you have a little pooch here or whatever the case like we get we get in our own head about all the time what and so like you said even if he says it all day long i had to get out of that space of feeling self-conscious and insecure about all the things and now he, and we just talked about this the other day he was like yeah you don't hold your stomach anymore you don't hide anymore you like now it's like up in the air i'm over here over here you're going to see what it is. I'm bouncing on the top. You Listen, you're going to see all the jiggliness, the the, the, <laughs> the this and that, the whatever it is. And he was like, I love it all. Bring it on. Like, right. Because it is what it is. Us. They don't care about stuff like that. If they've got to that point where they want to have sex with us, they over it. You know what I mean? And all the Instagram models and they might look at it, love it, like it, all that stuff. But when they love you. It doesn't. You're always going to be sexy to them, right? Because so. nine times out of ten, them models, y'all look good. Mm-hmm. Y'all do, and I'll say it. Yeah. They probably don't cook, they don't clean, they don't do nothing. <laughs> right? They just they they put it up on the gram. It's just that, a pretty face, okay? Yeah, and that's what they do. That's what they do. But he will always say, you know, like yeah, they're nice to look at. You know, he'll show me what his friends send, and he's like, that's the icing. And I was like, oh, so y'all like icing? He was like, yeah, but you have a cake. You know, like. You cut it over every everything, and so like to hear that gives you a different level of confidence that I can take from home and in my personal life, and it projects outward. Like when you're with somebody that makes you feel beautiful all the time, and he's like, "Well, you are beautiful all the time," but I'm like, "I know what I look like with crust in my eyes. I know what I, my hair." Not, like, listen, okay. that's why I asked you before this thing. Like, are we gonna be on camera? Because listen, I need to figure this out. The good Lord said, "Come as you are." <laughs> Exactly, and I and I am able to come to him as my authentic true self. He's seen me glammed up. He's seen me with a beat face. He's seen me with crust in my eyes in the morning. He's seen me with pouches of blood hanging from my body. Like he has seen everything. And I told him, like I have laid bare all of that I am to you. And when you have somebody who still loves you anyway and still wants you anyway, like that just brings a level of confidence to me and it shouldn't come from outward it should come from us but it it lets you feel safe and free to do that so now when i go to work i feel like i'm a boss at work i feel like i'm a boss mom i feel like i'm that's what empowered me to write the book i people have been telling me i'm 49 years old people have been asking me for years when are you going to write a book when are you going to write a book and i'm like i don't have a story to tell so even though i've always been a writer i never had a book like a novel in me and now i can say i'm an author 
And it's mainly due to him because he brought this out of me and emboldened me to like, he's like, babe, be free. Like, who cares what they think? Write about what you want to write about. You sexy as hell. The, like, man, next thing you know. <laughs> Period. So he, so it's safe to say that he encouraged you to write the book. Yes, yes, yes. I wouldn't, I would not have this book without him. I wouldn't. And you need so. people like that in your corner. You know what I'm saying? Because my husband yeah. pushes me, and all of my, all of my gifts turn from extravagant to business wise. Because if you really want to do it, show me you want to do it. Because now right. there's no excuse. You got everything you need. But so what are we doing? Yeah, so and you're you successful. Need, you are. Totally you need that person in your corner. You do. Yeah. And he's always been, and he was like, I was like, man, because I started writing the book in October. Most people take years to get a book out and stuff. And I, it just poured out of me because of him. And he's like, I never doubted for a second. Because I was like, oh, I'm finished. Like, I wrote it. See? Now what? Now what do I do? And he's like, what you mean? Like, get it out there. So, you know, he's like my biggest supporter, cheerleader. He, everywhere we go, he talks about you know my babe got a book right you know you need to read this you need to you know and okay marketing jay yes he gets it out there and to the point now where people are like i need me to jay like i need to figure this out because again it gets deeper into you know women feeling supported at home like it brings out so much more that we don't talk about because now they're like i need a jay and i'm like wait a minute i thought you had a man but like they were like he would never support me like this or he would never encourage me to to write a sexy book because he doesn't want people looking at you a certain way or whatever the case so now he's become it's like we joke around like we call him like the real life jay because like now the people are like i need to ask jay a question so i'm like ask the real life jay like we were even talking about making that a podcast because ask the real life jay and he's like whoa like don't bring me into this like i'm just over here i'm trying to support you but people have questions because they want a male perspective because i guess they feel like men like that are not easy to find support you and encourage you because they want to be going out in the front they don't want their woman to be out there especially talking about sex so salute to your husband for encouraging you with your podcast and because you talk sexy stuff you know and a lot of men would be they wouldn't be happy with that or they might be insecure behind that so your husband must be a really strong secure man you know and they're not that easy to find really a lot of guys and females are insecure especially now i think more now than anytime before because everything is out in the open now you see everything they naked online you mm-hmm. they scrolling on their phones twitter forget about it okay so it's a <laughs> lot of insecurities yeah, yeah. because before we didn't have social media and everything like that you could and if you really wanted to get to know somebody you had to literally have their phone number or meet them somewhere Right. That was easy. People is the emailing, sliding, your DM, doing mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. So I feel like people are more insecure now than mm-hmm. ever before. And rightfully so, because I do think like, you know, if you if you have a if you have it in you to be a, a cheater or whatever. Social media didn't make you that way. It just makes it easier for you to do now. Like now you don't have to sneak around outside the house. You could be in the living room while your spouse is in the kitchen and doing your dirt so I understand where that your insecurity comes from but at the same time you have to realize that that's not real it's not and it's and it's short-lived and while you can definitely meet people that way because I've met people that way it takes the character of the person to to take it to a different level and I didn't think that I would be like he's the first person I've dated seriously since my divorce so even I was a little skeptical like mm, I don't know like you could whatever and then when we first met 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And when we first met, he it wasn't this instant relationship. We had to build to get to that point because he was like, I'm, he was totally honest. Like, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing other people. Like, I'm an ethical non-monogamous. I'm not really trying to do it. And I was like, what's that? So here I am Googling again. Like, but when I know what I'm dealing with up front, I can handle that. It's, I'd rather deal with an uncomfortable truth than a beautiful lie. Like, as long as I know what it is up front, was, it's cool. And we kept kicking it. I was like, I'm not going to run from you. There's no love loss. I don't love you. So you can go kick it with whoever and whoever. And, and he was honest. He was dating. He was honest. And even though I wasn't dating anybody else, because again, my son was young. I wanted, I waited a long time because I wanted him to be able to speak to me, talk to me, whatever. When, we, when my husband and I separated, he was two. So I wasn't even comfortable to date again until he was like five or six because I wanted him to be able to articulate to me like something's not right or how he feels about all this. Because you know the kids is the best judges, okay? The yes. best yes, judges yes. of character in the minute they'd be like, oh no. And you exactly got right. Because if a kid don't like you, something wrong. <laughs> something is wrong. And my son loves like he catches on, he's very sensitive or whatever. My son loves him. They have a great relationship, but I wanted to be able to be like sure. So when he told me up front what it was, I actually appreciated that because my I'm divorced because of infidelity. I'd rather know up front. And we still kicked it. And the insecure me from my marriage would have been like, oh no, I can't deal with you and whoever, whoever, whoever. Because at the end of the day, there's only one broke. So if there's somebody else out there better for you than me, go do it. Like I'm not competing with anybody. I'm not trying to win you. I don't like, I think in my marriage, I wanted to be like a pick me and I was gonna make, make you change for me. And now I'm like, no, if this is who you are and this is what you wanna do, that's fine. We can still get to know each other. We can still hang out. And it just evolved from there. And I always kept the lines of communication open because once it became like, I'm meeting your friends, I'm meeting your family. I was like, whoa, we gotta slow that down because if you're a, over here dating this, this, and that. I'm not trying to get attached to your daughter, your mom, your cousin, your friend, your this. We're not doing that. And he was like, okay. And I never made him feel any type of way about it. But at the same time, I also was like, now you have to unsay it. If you love me and you're and we're gonna try this relationship, you're gonna have to tell me that you changed your mind from what you said eight, nine months ago. Right. And if, and if at any point that changes, just let me know. I can handle that. So you know, we always have that question. And now he's like, no, I am no longer an ethical non-monogamous. I am now in love with you and I want to try this relationship with you. And I'm like, okay, great. And if any time that changes, let me know. So we have a very open relationship where we can talk about anything, not just sex related, um, but just anything, our families, our friends, our goals and stuff like that. So I would encourage people not to run at the first sign of anything because if I had dismissed him when we had that very first conversation we wouldn't be where we are now so I think you know just keeping an open mind in general is important um don't look to marry every guy that you meet or every woman that you meet because they might surprise you you know and while my story may be atypical because I do believe when people say like I'm not ready for a relationship that's what they mean and sometimes we try to change their mind and make them like I'm going to show them that I'm worth no if I had listened the first time around, I wouldn't have been married. Um, but you live and you learn. So now I was like, second time, I'm going to pay attention. And same thing, like, even if his actions are saying one thing, I'm going to need you to still say it. Because what we don't want is you get all invested, somebody catch feelings, and they're like, I didn't, I told you from the beginning what I was. And you may want to believe me. 
So I was like, I'm not getting caught up in that again. So yeah, actually try to match your words, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Be smart, but at the same time, be open. I think you can do both at the same time. And I think sometimes we let our heart overtake our brain and vice versa and overthink things that shouldn't even be thought about that hard. And I think if I had done that, he and I wouldn't be where we are now. And now he's like, my love, you know what I mean? And- They done changed the game. I'm not saying it's gonna last forever. Like, you never know, you never know. But at this point, like now, I'm just enjoying the ride of being with him. And, and you happy, and I can see. I'm happy, and that's all that matters. Like, I'm in the now, right now. I'm not trying to, you know, we can talk about the future and things like that, but we are enjoying each other the way we are now in an authentic space and I love it. And I don't have the same insecurities and thoughts that I had in my marriage. And my son is a beautiful result of that. Like I said, my ex-husband and I co-parent wonderfully. We're, we're friends and I'm lucky in that regard. So, you know, I'm open up to love and everything again. So that's where the book came from, from, from that. Well, shout out to Mr. J, period. Mr. J <laughs> came in and changed the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, he sure did. He caught me by surprise. It was a beautiful surprise. See? Mm-hmm. So, what's next for Brooke? What's next is, well, hopefully I get to bring more of my creativity to, like, I, again, because I do have a day job. Um, I mean, I would love for five years from now to say I'm just a full-time author and my, and my either I'm just a full-time author or my day job becomes my side hustle, which is always the <laughs> the goal. Um, but I am lucky enough, like I, I did produce a, a memoir, um, an audiobook for Mickey Taylor, who everybody should know is like, was the former beauty editor-in-chief at Essence Magazine. I think she's the editor at large now. So that was um, a great honor for me. So I would love to bring more voices and stories of uh, black women to Audible that I would love to hear. I'd love to produce more podcasts and things like that. So I hope to be able to work with you one day. Cause like I said, I, I do produce podcasts for my actual job. Um, but I, you know, you know, I'm writing the second book, Brooklyn Unleashed. That's what it's titled right now. Now there's Brooklyn Unleashed. Unbound to Unleashed. Now they done made them let her out the cage. Now it's like, we want to see. And then hopefully there's a third book um, in the works. And I do have another romance that's not an erotic novel. It's just a romance novel. I have that um, brewing in the back. Um, my son has written six books. He's published three with the fourth one in the works right now um, to being published. So continuing to build that and nurture that in my son as well as an emerging author for children's books. And um, like we spoke about earlier, just hopefully planting the seeds of getting Brooklyn and Bound into a TV series or a movie or whatever, working with Elizabeth and Zane again, of course. So I have a lot of things brewing in my mind. Like I have a candle shop now, I have merch, I got my, my Brooklyn and Bound t-shirt. Like I'm trying to expand into different things. We may do a podcast based on the book if I can get the real life day on board to do that. So my mind is, is, is is spinning. So I want to work with with some amazing, I want to work with more amazing people, bring more other people's podcasts and books and things to life as well. And it's not just about me, but other people. There's other people I'm pitching at work that I want to bring to Audible. So the sky's the limit at this point. I'm just open to everything. And as long as the stars are aligned, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) They align and just manifest it and everything Mm -hmm. is going to come to light. And 
I can definitely relate with your wheels turning because I that's why I could barely sleep now because my wheels be turning. But uh-huh. we are definitely gonna work together. Yes, we are for sure. We are for sure. I'm I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, no, let's speak it into existence. Let's do it. Listen, because like you, I work full time and I want it to become in my rearview mirror. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm working for myself. I got my own business as well, so I'm mm-hmm. trying to just create my own schedule, come and go as I please. And that's the goal. Yes, and you will do it. You're doing it now. You're doing it now. I mean, and, and the luxury, of it, like the luxury I have, is that my 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 day job and my side hustle, they work together because it's mm-hmm. a creative space. So I want to actually. I, there's nothing in me that wants to leave Audible or that or that space in that meeting because that's where my experience Matt brings my passions together. Um, but yeah, like I would love to amplify voices like yours, like Elizabeth, like like Zane. Please. I'm hoping to get to that level. <laughs> like, wait, 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 let Brooklyn take you there, cause you going. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Brooklyn, go and take you there. I'm telling you. Yeah, I want to be a fresh voice in in the in the um, erotica genre. So hopefully, yeah. I can with her with her blessing and her endorsement and her her review that's helped tremendously. There's only one Zane, but I hope to be another. I hope to be a Brooke in that space and a, and a fresh voice in that space. So if people, you know, I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you can find it anywhere and take a listen. If you like, if you're into erotica, take a listen and, and or, cause I, it is on Audible. I can't work there and my book not be on Audible, but if you want to listen, you can listen. Um, if you want to read, you can read any type of way. It's an ebook as well. Hard copy, paperback, you name it, it's out there. So Let's give it a look. She out here, y'all. She out here. And y'all want to see more of her, okay? Yes, for sure. It's been a lovely time talking to you. This ain't going to be the first time. It ain't going to be the last. Nope, nope, nope. So, um, tell the people where to find you. Uh, Find me. My Instagram is brookdean underscore author. Um, I have a a brookdean author page on Facebook. Um, my book is on Amazon. It's on Audible. It's on um, Barnes and Noble. They can find it anywhere. I'm um, just putting Brooklyn Unbound. It should pop right up. If anybody, you know, if they can hit you up or hit me up, if they want a free promo code to listen, if they have an Audible account, I can provide those as well. And if you like what you read or what you hear, leave a rating and a review on Amazon so we can get the algorithms up and get the sales moving. Like I'm trying to be on the best sellers off uh, list up there. So. I appreciate appreciate you talking to me and this has been very humbling and very inspirational and I wish you all the best and like I said we're going to work together this is the first time or the last time we're going to talk like I already got plans I'm sending you my number when we get off yes 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 (laughs) I got plans for you trust me yeah this has been great this has been wonderful I appreciate it I appreciate you so y'all y'all know what to do if y'all buy her book (laughs) leave her a review even if you're not a reader purchase it and gift it to somebody that is a bookworm just support you know because we don't support us enough so that's it for this one y'all i'll catch y'all on the live on the post because it's always wine time see you later thank you Bye. bye